0: The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. In virtual worship, our sanctuary empty, we gather together this Sunday in July 2020. The liturgy music and homily are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation through WBUR 90.9 FM and our listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, and when and as it is again permitted and safe to do so, your presence with us here in worship. Today's service of worship includes the greeting, prayers, and sermon new this week, along with music and liturgy rebroadcast from earlier services. Although our nave is empty, the music is full. This is the day the Lord has made, Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, the protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong, nothing is holy. Increase and multiply upon us your mercy, that with you as our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal, that we lose not the things eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We pause to begin our service and so our week comes Sunday with moments of prayer and confession. We confess to recognize that life is struggle and that it involves challenge and difficulty and disappointment as our lesson in just a moment from the Hebrew scripture about Jacob will recall. Life also affords, as the lesson from Romans recalls, the support, the guidance, the presence, the grace of God's spirit in, through, and above all difficulty. As the choir sings our traditional Kyrie, may we pause together in a time of confession. Let us pray. Good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. A
1: lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for all those who love God, who are called according to this purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading verses from Psalm 105 with the Antiphon. name, make his make his deeds known among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wonderful works. Glory in his name, that the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence continually. Remember the wonderful works he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of his servant Abraham, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God, his judgments are in all the earth. He is mindful of his covenant forever, of the word that he commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. Praise Praise the Lord. Lord. Now please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri, the reading of the Gospel, and the singing of hymn Uh, 144.
2: The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 13, verses 31 to 33, and verses 44 to 52. Glory to you, O Lord. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown... It is the greatest of shrubs, and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure, hidden in a field, which someone found and hid then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went out and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, They drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all of this? They answered, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. When Jesus had finished these parables, he left that place. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. mustard seed, yeast, hidden treasure, a merchant in search of fine pearls, and a net. What do these have in common? Some are valuable and others are cheap. Some are organic and others are inorganic. Some serve an essential purpose and others are ornamental. We could continue to make such comparisons but fear not, this is not a Sesame Street game of one of these things is not like the other. Besides being used in parables by Jesus and recorded in the 13th chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew, these earthly objects do not have much in common. Yet, Jesus says that each of them is like the kingdom of heaven. Each provides one part of a comparison. These comparisons describe to us what the kingdom of heaven is like. It is not that each is like the kingdom of heaven in their atomic or chemical makeup, such that if we gathered all of the objects together, we could put the kingdom of heaven on a table. But the parabolic comparisons show that each has the capacity to reveal the kingdom of heaven. In their capacity to reveal the kingdom of heaven, The materiality in the relationship between the earthly and heavenly is indispensable. What is seemingly mundane can disclose the sacred. The parabolic path is marked by participatory presence. The parables of Jesus show that everyday objects can participate in the divine economy. On the one hand, we learn about the kingdom of heaven through the particular comparisons Jesus makes. And on the other hand, we learn that such comparisons can be made. This is significant because it reveals the potential for a sacramental quality of creation and life. Not everything is a sacrament, but creation has the potential to be sacramental. For a society that goes through its everyday existence with a loss of amazement at life and the world, this is nothing short of a word of gospel. It is good news because it reorients our experiences of existence. It invites imagination, wonder, and excitement into life. It reminds us that every person made in the image of God can offer insights into the kingdom of heaven. Every lush garden or arid desert has the touch of the Creator. Even time itself can be sacramental. There is a time for weeping and a time for joy. There is a time for work and a time for rest. While it may seem obvious, it is worth stating that how we approach life impacts how we interpret our being. The kingdom of heaven is a potential present reality through the parabolic path. The parables help reorient toward a participatory nature of existence. God participates with humanity and humanity has the potential to participate with God. In her book The Preaching Life, Barbara Brown Taylor shares a story where a seemingly ordinary childhood encounter transforms her outlook on life. One Sunday, her pastor asked her to sit in the front pew and listen attentively to his sermon. He offered an illustration, an illustration of Taylor nurturing tadpoles in a birdbath and watching them grow into frogs as an example of participatory creation care with God. Listen to what she writes about the aftermath of that sermon. I could not wait to find further clues to heaven on earth. Every leaf, every ant, every shiny rock called out to me, begging to be watched, to be listened to, to be handled and examined. I became a detective of divinity, collecting evidence of God's genius and admiring the tracks left for me to follow. After that sermon, she viewed creation in a whole new manner. She looked for ways in which God was revealed through God's work of and in creation, partly through her own participation. She became a detective of divinity. Detectives are people who have gained the skills to be able to interpret what untrained eyes and ears might miss. Detectives are people who can make sense out of seemingly incomprehensible data. They can connect the dots. For Taylor, God's work was present in her life, but for her to see God's work, someone had to point it out to her, someone had to name it as such. Creation drew her childhood wonder, which only grew when nurtured to recognize the wonder of the Creator. There is a difference between seeing and understanding. It can be easy to see what is going on, but it is a lot harder to recognize what is truly happening. What would it look like to be a detective of divinity? And where would you look for traces of the divine? The parables can help us here because they remind us that we do not have to look exclusively in the grandiose. The kingdom of heaven can be found in modest places, It is not only the mountaintops and majestic waters that invite us to see the hand of the Creator. As magnificent as the sublime is, it should not overshadow the possibility of revelation in other places. With open eyes, the kingdom can be found in bound books, coffee conversations, and even socially distant Zoom meetings. Perhaps it is hard to see the kingdom in the everyday because we think it ought to be something so magnificent that it cannot be mediated in the ordinary. Surely the kingdom is greater than simple seeds, cooking ingredients, and fishing tools. Yes. And no. These do not exhaust the kingdom, but they do reveal. excluding the common from the kingdom attempts to preserve the mystery of the infinite and offers due regard, yet by itself it misses that God chooses to reveal God's self through everyday materiality. It is a wonder that God trusts the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven to comparisons with earthly objects. Then again, God is wonder. Enlightenment rationality for all of its benefits has shaped us into a society that sees value in what people and objects produce rather than in how they participate with God and others in communal thriving. Parables whisper invitations to pause and listen to another hum of the universe where God holds all of creation together. This hum contributes as the core of a song that includes many voices. This song resounds with all that is true, with all that is true in philosophy, science, medicine, music, and is guided by the constant resonance of the creator. The parabolic path hears this hum in conjunction with life. The song is always present. Faith and life do not need to be bifurcated. In two of the parables, the treasure and the pearl, Jesus reveals that the kingdom of heaven may be found by those who are looking. There is no guarantee that the kingdom will be found or that the finding is easy, but this reassures us that looking and finding can take place. While we cannot create a scientific method or formula for discovering and quantifying God's presence and work in the world, whether or not we are open to it makes a difference. Openness to the kingdom requires openness to the world. It may seem counterintuitive, but it is in and partially through the world that the kingdom comes to be, a mustard seed. Yeast, hidden treasure, a merchant in search of fine pearls, and a net. These are all things of the world. These are items with the potential to lead us toward the kingdom. When you think about it, none of these particular items are necessarily religious or holy. They are just stuff, albeit with various degrees of value but we do not regularly find mustard seeds and nets in church buildings. However, it is not only in church buildings where we should seek God's presence and work. The institutional church does not have a monopoly on the work and presence of God. In fact, there are times when the church must observe what God is doing elsewhere to listen to God's call. The gospel is both deep and wide. This is a time of listening where discernment of the Spirit's presence and work in the world is needed. In an age where we stand on the brinks of nuclear, ecological, economic, political, and interpersonal disasters, the church must engage with the world. And it must do so from a position of humility. The church can no longer presume to have all the answers or the exclusive understanding of truth. The church cannot always presume to set the agenda for the conversation and must learn how to cooperate with others. Cooperation is no small feat, especially when considering how hard it is to just get different denominations to cooperate. The church cannot abdicate its theological voice and responsibility, but we are called to listen. collective wisdom. Doctors, teachers, engineers, scientists, social workers, lawyers, parents all have the potential to lead us toward truth and communal thriving. Detectives of divinity can come from anywhere. In the 1960s, the Catholic Church convened the Second Vatican Council and drafted a new document on the relationship between the Church and the modern world. This document, Gaudium et Spes, begins, The joys and hopes, the grief and anguish of the people of our time, especially of those who are poor or afflicted, are the joys and hopes, the grief and anguish Of the followers of Christ as well. This underscores that the church has a responsibility to the world and all of humankind. Gaudium et spes sought to approach this responsibility from a place of mutual respect. For far too long and in too many places still the relationship between the church and the world is marked by opposition, fraught with tension, this rivalry has detrimental effects. History and science were rejected and social progress characterized as unbiblical. I'm not suggesting that the church must uncritically accept all positions, but abnegation with the modern world is untenable. For too long, the concerns of the world have not been the prominent concerns of the church. For too long, the desire for superiority has prevented co-operation. The anguish of COVID and racism must be the anguish of the church. The anguish of a system that oppresses all, but especially those who are not white, male, and heterosexual must be the anguish of the followers of Christ. The grief of a world hurtling toward destruction must be the grief of the church. These are some of the issues of the world, and that makes them some of the issues of the church. If if the church is honest with itself, these ought to already be the issues of the church too. The parables of Christ invite us to see these as issues of the kingdom. Later, in Gaudium et Spes, the document says, Never has the human race enjoyed such an abundance of wealth, resources, and economic power. And yet a huge proportion of the world's citizens are still tormented by hunger and poverty while countless numbers suffer from total illiteracy. Never before has people had so keen an understanding of freedom. Yet at the same time, new forms of social and psychological slavery make their appearance. Although the world of today has a very vivid awareness of its unity and of how one person depends on another in needful solidarity, It is most grievously torn into opposing camps by conflicting forces. For political, social, economic, racial and ideological disputes still continue bitterly, and with them the peril of a war which would reduce everything to ashes. I have read Gaudium et Spes numerous times in my life, but when I read that this past week, I forgot that it was written in the 1960s, as it continues to be poignantly true today. The aptness with which that paragraph describes the modern world is an indictment and an invitation. It invites us to repentance and change. It invites us to continue searching for God and gospel. The peril of war continues to loom, even as it looms in different places. The perils of racism, poverty, disease, and exceptionalism are rampant. It may be tempting to try and withdraw from the world and its many problems. It may be tempting to seek for the kingdom outside of such problems, outside of such pain and suffering. But maybe these are the places where God can be found working. Maybe these are the places where seemingly ordinary mustard seeds and yeast are needed the most. Small seeds and yeast have transformative potential. A mustard seed, yeast, hidden treasure, a merchant in search of fine pearls and a net. These invite us to see God and the world with faith. These are not the places we might expect to find God, but these invite us to search for God in unusual places. The kingdom is not a vacation destination that once discovered means we escape from the world and its struggles. The kingdom is here, and it calls us into the struggles. It calls us to live in light of the call that God has placed on our lives, in light of a call of cooperation. The kingdom pulls us toward loving justice, seeking mercy, and walking humbly. In doing so, let us remember that the joys and hopes, the grief and anguish, Of the people of our time, especially of those who are poor or afflicted, are the joys and hopes, the grief and anguish of the followers of Christ as well.
3: God's word says we should devote ourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So let us come personally and collectively to prayer, standing, sitting, kneeling, or however the Spirit moves you. Now let us sing together the call to prayer, hymn 473, Lead Me, Lord. God, our one true and living God, you are great and most worthy of praise. We trust in you with our whole hearts and pray for your guidance. We commit ourselves, acknowledging you in all that we do. We ask you to direct our paths. Everlasting God, we trust in your steadfast love, for you are gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. Merciful God, we trust in your grace. We confess that we have not loved as you have taught us, and we have strayed from the path of peace. We pray for your forgiveness and appeal to you to heal the afflictions of our hearts. We ask this with the confidence that if we are willing and obedient, you will forgive and remove our sins. God our maker, we trust in the beauty of your creation. Great is the work of your hand, for in your wisdom you made a world of diversity. Help us to concentrate on how our differences complement each other rather than how they divide us. Instead of proudly comparing ourselves to others, we pray that we humbly consider how we can work together in service to you. And Lord, We ask that you renew a right spirit within our elected officials and their staffs so that they will all work together to address this nation's challenges. God, our counselor and advocate, we trust in your Holy Spirit. Dwell within us and guide us, Holy Spirit, to help us lead our lives in the most excellent way, with love. God, our sustainer, we trust in your word. We hunger and thirst for spiritual nourishment that only you can provide. As we study your word, we pray for guidance and discernment so that we will hear your still, small voice. Heavenly Father, we pray for the peace of your presence in our lives. We lift up those for whom violence is the norm in their home, neighborhood, or country. We pray for peace of mind for people in despair due to the loss of jobs and homes, the degradation of their minds and health, and the devastating death of a friend, parent, child, or spouse. Abide with us, Lord, so that we are not indifferent to those in need. Use us to be the peace of your presence in their lives. We ask for courage and strength to put our faith into action with compassion and service for others. God, our refuge, we trust in your faithfulness. Though we struggle with worries, doubts, and fears, we will not be shaken. Our faith in you helps us to endure whatever we encounter because we know that you are at our right hand. Loving God, we trust that you will answer our prayers. Give ear to us and hear our prayers. For we offer them in the name of God, our beautiful Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now, as children of God, we pray together the prayer from our Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil,
1: Justice, love, and mercy. We have brought you today these value laden pieces of paper and metal in the confidence that this community will support and grow them to grow your circle ever wider through new experiences and explorations of the possibilities of discipleship. Grant that they may be a humble offering so that this community and those that are touched by it may experience the peace and love of Christ. We ask these things through Jesus. Amen.
0: Of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever.